Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Chicago's Legal Latte. This is Jim Mitchell, and pleased to have you here. I think we have uh, a very interesting topic to cover today. Now, frequently our, our legal topics can be uh, somewhat detailed and apply perhaps to a small but very valuable and interested audience, such as last week's discussion on creditors' rights and LLC interest. Today we cover um, a much more general topic, but with details that I think uh, may surprise you. Um, it's a type of information that I think makes our podcast so valuable and, and for which I'm always pleased to have with me a guest who can share their knowledge and expertise. Today that guest is Lavelle Law Attorney Sammy Azari. Our topic is shoplifting. have got a lot to learn about what you might mistakenly think is a very minor criminal offense. So let's get started, first of all, by saying hello to Sammy. And uh, Sammy, I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Sure, thanks for having me. When uh, when you look at Illinois statute, statutes, um, shoplifting isn't really uh, an offense that's treated very lightly at this point, is it? Correct. It's actually a very serious offense, and it's kind of contrary to popular belief, unfortunately. Um, it's very easy that it can be upgraded from a misdemeanor to a felony, and a lot of people don't know that, and they end up getting into some very serious trouble. Yeah, I imagine there's a number of different uh, uh, types of people involved with it. We'll talk about those, you know, in, in terms of who might think they're just goofing around or doing something that isn't that big of a deal. And one, one of the surprising things to me uh, regarding shoplifting is it's not just customers who are who are really committing this crime under the state law. There's a number of different groups that could be considered a shoplifter, right? Correct. Yeah, it's ultimately the statute that we're talking about. Retail shop shoplifting is probably one of the most common forms because it's so easy, but um, there's other ways that you know retail theft can happen, and that's by not only customers, but also staff and suppliers, and um, they use some pretty more, a lot more sophisticated methods than shoplifting to steal from, you know, whatever store they're working at or are affiliated with. Yeah, when the topic first came up, you know, the image that comes to mind for me is somebody grabbing something, you know, an item off the shelf or off a rack, putting it in their pocket or purse or sticking it on their coat and, and trying to walk out of a store. The, the reality is that retail theft covers a lot more than it actually gets pretty complex at some times. Correct. Yeah, there's several different types of retail theft. The most common is what you said, just kind of grabbing something off the shelf, putting it in your pocket and walking out the front door. Uh, but there are more sophisticated methods like changing price tags or underringing, which an employee would do, false returns, and um, the use of jamming devices to prevent the alarm from going off when something is stolen from the store. And and talk about um, you know the the underringing there. You you mentioned an, an employee would be involved. So in some cases, an employee might might do this uh, for themselves or perhaps work with someone else to help get uh, items at a lower cost. Correct. It typically involves, like, let's say, a family member or a friend coming in their line, and what they would do instead of ringing it, um, scanning the barcode, what they would do is kind of go around the machine so that it wouldn't get scanned. Um, you know, what they they should know if they're working there is that there's a camera above each register, and it can it's pretty easy to catch someone kind of going around the bar the scanner and not scanning a certain item. 
and uh, you know they, they can either notice a trend with that with a with a certain employee or with a certain customer coming in line. But that's the typically most common way of undering it. That's just not ringing an item and giving your friend or family member a cheaper bill. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because when when we think of this type of crime, um, again, I you know I associate it with someone trying to steal an item, but the the law simply says that if you reduce the price, try and gain an advantage that way. That's that's uh, just as much an offense, correct? Correct, absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't matter the type of theft we're talking about or the the method that you do that you use. Uh, it's still the same penalty. And so, really, when you start looking at this type of behavior. Um, you know, shoplifting, retail theft, the, the violations against a, a store or, or other business um, really can get beyond, you know, just small items. I mean, this can get to be pretty significant in some cases. Absolutely. Um, the difference between you know, a misdemeanor and a felony is actually the dollar value of the item that's stolen. Um, so if it's under $300, it's going to be a Class A misdemeanor. If it's over $300, it's going to be a Class 4 felony. And that's when you get to some really serious offenses and punishments and um, impositions on one's future, inability to um, you know, uh, possess a firearm, inability to vote, inability to be a doctor or an attorney and things like that. It just it has amazing repercussions on someone's life if they have a felony conviction on the record. Um, we're, we're talking with Sammy Azari. Sammy's uh, an attorney over at Lavelle Law Limited in Palatine. He's uh, our guest today on Chicago's Legal Latte. And we're discussing the Illinois statute governing retail theft. Uh, Sammy shared uh, a good deal of information already about what defines these conditions. We've, we've looked at who some of the perpetrators might be. And Sammy, at the beginning of the podcast, I alluded to the fact that um, you know shoplifting and stealing isn't considered that serious an offense. But you just mentioned... Um, you know, what the penalties might be. Um, Take us through that again and and talk about, um, you know, how that breaks down. You mentioned there's a price break there, or a price point of about $300, and not a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, leniency or or room to maneuver around that. I mean, it seems like the law is pretty clear on how that's handled. It is pretty clear. I mean, if someone steals an item less than $300, they can be charged with a Class A misdemeanor and they can get a finding of court supervision, which is not a conviction, and it gives that individual an opportunity to expunge or seal their record a couple of years down the line. Now, if it's a felony, you typically can't expunge that. Um, you can't expunge or seal a felony because it's going to be a conviction. It's not going to be court supervision. And, you know, a caveat to the court supervision for retail theft is that typically you can't get a court, a court supervision for a charge of retail theft, so if you're charged with a misdemeanor retail theft, what the prosecutor typically does is they'll reduce it to a simple theft and be able to give you court supervision. So at least with a misdemeanor charge, you have the ability to get a, a, a finding of court supervision on a reduced charge, which is the most typical way of doing it, um, or even go to theft school in Cook County and having it um, dismissed at the next court date. But if you're charged with a felony, you're looking um, pretty much at a conviction. And, and as you mentioned, uh, and I want to make sure I heard it correctly, but uh, if if it's a felony, then that's something that really is going to follow someone, uh, you know, be part of the record always. Absolutely. Um, you can't expunge a felony conviction. You can't seal a felony conviction. It's always going to be on your record. Um, and a conviction will prevent anything else on your record from being able to be sealed or expunged. So it's it's always going to be out there. People are always going to be able to find it. And felony convictions prevent you from basically having any kind of white-collar job. 
Um, you can't be a, an attorney, you can't be a doctor, you can't sell insurance, you can't sell real estate, you can't get any kind of professional license, you can't go to law school. So it really is a, a drastic thing that, that can happen to somebody, and it should be prevented if possible. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, it would seem to me that some percentage of, of um, thefts of this sort might be uh, carried out by kids, uh, you know, teenagers, maybe even you know, younger kids. Um, are they are, are they uh, approached with or faced with the same types of, of potential um, uh, convictions and, and ramifications, or are those felonies really only if someone's over, say, 16 or 18? No, anyone can be charged with a misdemeanor or a felony. Some some people can be charged in the juvenile courts, but ultimately you're, you're facing the same penalties. Um, so regardless of the age, you know, you're going to be charged and you're going to have to um, go through the court system. And unless you're charged as a juvenile, um, it's really regardless, it's going to be the same penalties and the same uh, fines and costs and potential punishments. Oh, okay. And then when we were talking about changing the pricing, we're talking about actually carrying an item out of a store. You also mentioned uh, something at the beginning, yeah, I think you referred to jamming. What What does that mean? Um, that's usually having a jamming device on you that would prevent the, the detector from going off when um, an item with a an alarm on it would naturally make the device go off when it's taken to, out of the store. So the jamming device would basically prevent the alarm from going off so it wouldn't alert anyone else that an item is being stolen. So that's probably the most high-tech way um, and most expensive way of committing retail theft is because it takes kind of an external um, electronic device that somebody has to make or purchase before they can conduct that. So that's a more sophisticated approach, perhaps more of a uh, um, an experienced uh, criminal to, to say, uh, you know, would be involved in that type of activity? Right, it's probably one of the most uh, one of the least common methods of retail theft. Okay, now you know the good news for a retailer is if someone is caught uh, in the process, they you know they perhaps protect against loss in that regard. But if they are going to pursue this, they probably incur some other cost, and they're incurring costs to uh, to protect themselves by by adding equipment to the store. You know, if if uh, someone is caught stealing, does does the Store owner or retailer, do they have the ability to pursue other forms of restitution besides just getting their items back? Yeah, there is a civil penalty in place in the retail theft statute that allows for you know retailer to demand monetary compensation from the individual that's been accused of committing the theft. And you know, penalty not less than $100 and not more than $1,000 is what the statute requires. Um, so they can get up to $1,000 and attorney's fees and court costs, and that basically covers all their expenses and whatever the value of the item was. Typically, those are negotiated, but they, they, uh, the defendant will get a letter from whatever retailer they stole from demanding $300, or they're going to be threatened with a lawsuit for up to $1,000. Oh, okay. And $300 to be the magic number. Yeah, it seems to be, seems to be. Um, now, you mentioned also the fact that many stores um, have cameras right above the registers, and, and I know that uh, you know there's cameras in, in sales areas. It, when you're um, in a position of having to defend someone, I assume that that, uh, that video is, is usually a pretty strong case uh, for, uh, for the prosecutor. 
It is. I mean, typically either what, whether they have records of things being stolen or surveillance, either way, um, there's going to be some proof that something is being stolen by a particular individual at a certain time, at a certain register. And it's not going to be difficult to prove, um, unfortunately, for the defense. Now, if they don't have any of that stuff, that would make their job a lot harder and charges are typically dismissed. Um, but that stuff is readily available and they have... Um, pretty accurate records of who was working at what time, what register, how long they were there, what items they scanned, how many items they scanned, and what items weren't scanned or what they believed to be weren't scanned. So I, I guess in, in retrospect, as we kind of wrap up, the key message is that um, shoplifting, retail theft, uh, any of these forms of violations, reducing prices is, is treated here in Illinois a lot more seriously than one might expect. And and I think the message needs to be if if you caught it's it's probably going to be a lot more than just a slap on the wrist that many people think might be associated with this. Absolutely, I think it's a very serious crime. It has very serious repercussions, and uh, it's uh, not one worth uh, trying to find out trying to find out about the hard way. Well, um, as always, we appreciate the time Sammy Zara spends with us. He obviously has a great deal of experience in this area, and I think. Uh, um, this has been uh, certainly enlightening for me, and I hope for those of you who are listening uh, were able to pick up some information here. Uh, so I want to thank uh, Sammy for joining me, and as always, the uh, folks at Lavelle Law for uh, providing an attorney to help us with our particular topic each week. Now, next week, we will turn our focus back to matters of law impacting businesses. Uh, we'll discuss the basic ins and outs of trademarks. Uh, another fairly common topic that maybe we think we have a good understanding of. We'll find out whether or not we do, as I'm uh, joined by attorney Ted McGinn, one of the partners at Lavelle Law. Uh, look forward to having him join us. We always have a great discussion when Ted joins us. So hope you'll be here for that. And if you can't make it, just remember, um, any of these podcasts can be found here on Blog Talk Radio and can also be found at LavelleLaw.com. You can download them, listen at your convenience and uh, take full advantage of the opportunity to go back and listen to any discussions you might have missed or ones that you want to hear again. So thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.